Welcome to the Dope CFO Podcast, where you can find the best information for accountants and bookkeepers that want to start and grow a highly profitable and flexible remote cannabis accounting firm with your host, Andrew Hunziker. Now that's dope. Hey everybody, this is Andrew Hunziker, CPA, also CFO, founder of Dope CFO as well. About my background, I've been a CPA for over 25 years, was at a big four, including PricewaterhouseCoopers. I won the gold medal award for the highest score on the CPA exam, as well as was runner-up for the Portland, Oregon Business Journal CFO of Year Award in 2017, and I was the first ever cannabis CFO to be nominated done lots of startup work as well um, and love um, teaching all of our community. We have now over 500 people in all 50 states in our Dope CFO program. Hello, everybody. This is Andrew Hunziker, CPA, um, founder of Dope CFO. Today, we are going to be interviewing Ramsey Sessions down in Alabama. Um, also an interesting day as we just, this is the day after the elections and as of right this second, we still don't know who the president's going to be. Um, what we do know is election day, yet again, we were there were big winners on the marijuana law side. So we've talked about this for quite some time. Marijuana and especially medical cannabis is very bipartisan. Um, and so that's why it's winning elections left and right every time, every year that we come up with a new election, whether it's state, county, federal, whatever. Um, and so a good example is my home state, Oklahoma, is very, very red. My current state, um, Oregon, is very, very blue. They're both very, very active cannabis um, states with around 10,000 cannabis companies in each one of those states. So last night, um, we had some states, um, Arizona, Montana, New Jersey, and South Dakota all came online, as well as Mississippi. Um, and we had a few other initiatives as well. We've got the Moores Act in Congress around, around federal banking coming up. So it was a very good night for cannabis anyway on that front. So let's jump into our podcast with um, Ramsey. Let me introduce Ramsey and I'll, I will let you um, correct me and add to delete, but Ramsey is in Alabama, which has been a very anti-cannabis state, I would say over time, but I think um, we're going to get into that as well, but you've been a CPA there for quite some time. You've also had your own firm for over um, 10 years. Um, interestingly, it says here, October, 2010, that's almost exactly when I was a CFO yeah. the first 10 years of the century. Sure. And I, I left and went on my own around October, 2010 as well. Um, and you're certified both in Texas and Alabama. Um, I still state Texas is going to be the biggest cannabis state of all time when all is said and done with their population and farmland and capital. Um, so anyway, jump in and, and let's introduce Ramsey and tell me a little more about your background and and leading up, and then we'll get into specific questions. Sure. Uh, uh, Ramsey Sessions, and here in Birmingham, Alabama, I'm really in Trustful, which is a little suburb outside of Birmingham. 
Uh, however, it does, uh, uh, I, a lot of my clients do come from what we call the metropolitan area. Uh, Birmingham's in unique that each city and each county pretty much uh, stands on its own laws and its own administration. So we don't have one centralized government when it comes to municipalities and, and county government. Um, uh, born in 1963, uh, right out of high school, four days, I went right into the Marine Corps. Uh, a lot of my life uh, had at that point been dictated towards uh, black and white. I like to say black and white. Issues are black and white. Issues are black and white. And so growing up, um, when it came to uh, drugs, drinking, and premarital sex, it was always black and white. You don't or you do. There was no gray. And so that transition into the Marine Corps kind of followed that uh, thought practice. Uh, this was in 1982. Uh, and then the Marine Corps was an easy transition because uh, its policies and procedures were also anti drinking drugs and, and not necessarily premarital sex, but um, a little more father mother figure yeah. than uh, would have been there if I'd just gone straight to college. And so um, my uncle had been a Marine. I went into the Marine Corps mainly to get out, get out of the house more than anything. Yeah. Um, after uh, spending four years in the Corps, went to college. You know, the philosophy at that time was um, you either get out of high school, you go to college, you get a job, you go in the military. After you go to college, you get a job. After you go in the military, you go to college, you get a job. And that's the way it was. And, um, you, you know, going into college, my father said, I want to be a history major. My father said, no, you'll never make any money doing that. I wish I had done it because it's so, to me, it's just so fascinating. But accounting um, at that time in the pre-90s pre, uh, pre was uh, a very good field to be in because my first job offer was actually an accounting firm for 12000 a year. This was <laughs> 1989. Uh, however, I decided at that point to take another offer in the industry of oil and gas, Southern Natural Company, Southern Natural gas at that point um, my philosophy was uh, I'm going to do what's what's right and to get ahead at that, at that point to take care of me and mine and, yeah. and, and to make uh, those goals and move in that direction um, after working in the uh, private industry I went to work for uh, government of Alabama state of Alabama as a revenue auditor because I had oil and gas uh, experience. And so I, I became what's called a foreign audit specialist. I traveled outside of Alabama, uh, mostly to Texas, where I spent a lot of time in Houston auditing uh, what we call severance taxes in Alabama. Uh, a lot of people don't know that we have a lot of natural gas and we have a lot of oil coming out of the Gulf of Mexico. We have a lot of rigs down there. And so um, I, I was there and until my, and lived in Montgomery at the time where our uh, our um, capital is. Uh, and at that point, uh, my wife says, we're going to have a baby. We're going to move to Birmingham. And I transitioned over to sales tax. And, and a few years after doing that, my father, who was an accountant as well, not degreed, he was a public accountant, um, had a practice that had been in continuation since after World War II. He was the second owner of it. And uh, in the year 2000, I actually left the state to work in public practice, which is all, what I always wanted to do, was public practice. I didn't know how hard it was going to be uh, because uh, 
I didn't know how well I had it with um, with the, the revenue and the benefits that were that the state offered or private company offered. Uh, after 10 years, uh, unfortunately, I had to tell my dad to take a hike, and that's in 2010 yeah. uh, that I took over. And so um, a lot's changed in, in that time period, not only in, in my life and the way I think about things, but the business in general as well. It's, uh, it's changed far faster than I ever thought it would. So, okay, well, that's a, that's a great background. I was just like noting the things that, that we have in common. I was born in 64 and I'm from Oklahoma. I actually was a CFO of an oil and gas company for 10 years, um, was in public accounting as well. And then um, my son, who's 16 now, he is, um, he's definitely set on, he's entering the Marine Corps the day he turns 18 in two years. He's made that decision. And yeah, it's a different force now. Uh, I don't think I and a lot of my uh, fellow Marines back then could ever do what they do today. Uh, <laughs> so he's, he's excited. Yeah. I, I think it's a great start out of right at 18 before college. Um, and I, I got into accounting a little later. So let me, I kind of fell myself accidentally into cannabis because it just exploded here in Oregon. Mm -hmm. and I accidentally got a client is what I say. But how did you when did you decide to jump in or even think about cannabis? Cause it's not as, it's not ever on every street corner in Alabama. That's for sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, uh, there's two lines of thought that I was, uh, that made my decision in this. And the first was I'm 57 years old. I've got a small accounting practice, uh, about 50, 50 county in tax and taxes. It's a pain when you do about 1100 tax returns and, oh, wow. and it, <laughs> I started to think that maybe that method of, um, of my business plan should be changed. And so uh, a year or two ago, I took the, um, uh, the ASCPA had a uh, CAS class, Client Advisory Services. And so I, I took the time and effort uh, to go through that class and became, got the badge for it. And it, it, it made me more interested in the accounting side because when, when you've got your own firm and it's a small firm and you're dealing with mom and pops, yeah. uh, the accounting is not like the books. Okay. <laughs> I know it's never really like the books, but it's a totally different type of accounting uh, that I, I was used to. Whereas if we're looking at the client advisory services route, uh, it's more in line with what I thought I would be doing 20 something years ago. Um, which is a more of, of, of true bookkeeping, oh, what I like to call near real time accounting, yeah. is what uh, is what I want to focus on with my clients and with the clients advisory services. It really iterated that near real time uh, services so that the client, you know, in my case, with all my clients, it's after the fact. You know, at the end of the month, get your bank statements, check stubs, and, and, and go routine. But with real near real time is almost on a daily basis, you are reconciling the accounts. You're making sure the adjustments are right. So yeah. you put a lot more energy and thought uh, into what you're doing. And so that was that was the one thing. The goal at that point was um, fewer clients with residual monthly income at a greater level than what I was receiving, what I'm receiving currently, okay? I figure I got 10 to 15 years left, so I need to position myself. Um, I want to get out of tax season. 
Yeah. It's stuff. You know, it, it, taxation used to be, you know, in 1986, they had a law change. Okay. It didn't change again until what, the 90s. And then it didn't yeah. change again, maybe once or twice in the 90s. But now all of a sudden it's almost yearly. And it's kind of hard to do tax planning in a way. You know, right now I had a client to ask something and I said, hey, you know, that's good for 2020, but in 2021, you know, let's we'll see how the election turns out and how, yeah. how Congress turns out. And so um, that was the one route is the residual income route, trying to get into that position. The other one was, um, is finding that niche. And with Alabama um, back in the 90s, began with what's called Carly's Law, getting into uh, the process of allowing CBD oils for Carly, who um, had a, a young child with seizures. And so yeah. needed the oil for her. To, it, and it took a long time for Alabama to realize it took a lot of, um, a lot of marketing to the legislatures, a lot of special venture groups to the legislature to get them to come around uh, to the idea of marijuana because Alabama still a moral and almost a moral and religious centered state. Okay, it's changing, and so we're seeing now that with this current legislature, that actually, if it hadn't been for COVID, um, the medical marijuana um, bill would have passed. It already been passed by the Senate. It was going to the House. The House favored it, and it was going to go on law. But I could. I could, I could see Alabama, I could see the states around us. I think Florida uh, is the closest one to us, um, that there's opportunity. Yeah. Okay. Alabama, we got plenty of land, you know, uh, for, for the hemp industry. Yeah. Um, where uh, there's not a lot of states around us that, that, uh, that is um, focused on this niche. What's unique about Alabama is that um, it's the old joke of at least we're not Mississippi. Okay, <laughs> we're last in education. We're 49th. Well, at least we're not Mississippi. And it, and it's a, a joke around the, the you know the southeast that Alabama and Mississippi were the boat butt of most jokes. And so uh, what we were trying to do, not necessarily to get ahead of Mississippi, but uh, is to recognize that for one there is a use for a product. And the number two is uh, like everyone else, it's the tax revenue. Yes, for the state. And when um, gambling became legal uh, throughout the South, except for Alabama, uh, because of the moral and religious aspects of it, um, and we still don't have a lottery. We do have the Indian casinos, but it's only uh, the bingo machines. It's not... Uh, yeah. Table gambling um, is that we're seeing money just forced out of Alabama all over the place. You know, when when the uh, Powerball is up to whatever amount, uh, you just see uh, the revenues coming in from the stores that surround Alabama, Georgia being the closest one from where I'm at. And so I was hoping that uh, Alabama would get into uh, the medical marijuana dispensaries uh, early so that we could lead the way. But unfortunately, Mississippi is now leading the way. Um, we still have time because they're, you know, Tennessee, yeah. Georgia, other states surrounding us have not yet 
implemented such uh, acts and bills. And so I'm hoping that in the future, uh, hopefully the next session, which is uh, in February, uh, that we'll see it at some point on, um, it may not be this year, it may be midterms next year, next time, so, depending on how bad they want to push it. Well, um, so that's great. And so it's awesome that you identified it early as well, because this is definitely sweeping the nation. And it mm -hmm. makes sense from a voting standpoint, from a tax standpoint, from jobs, like you say, keeping the money in the state. Um, mm -hmm. Our states need money now. So I, I think it's coming there. So it's awesome that you're in early as well. Um, what what are some of the key, you've talked a little bit about this, but what are some of the services that, that you're going to be advising? Is it more of the client advisory services and maybe less tax returns? Um, I love tax. I love tax only, only because I like sticking it to the man. <laughs> um, my clients know that, um, that I'll go to the mat for them. And actually, actually, I lose money uh, in tax sometimes because I have clients that have children that uh, they'll bring in their child's W-2 and say, hey, how much are you getting back? And I said, they're getting back $10. And they said, well, don't worry about it. we're not doing a return. I said, no, I'm going to do a return for free for you because that $10, uh, it belongs to your child. It doesn't belong to the state of Alabama. They didn't deserve yeah. it. They don't deserve well, what they get now. Well, right there, what you just said is a great advertisement for client because mm -hmm. there's almost no issue dearer to the cannabis person than oh, yeah. someone who will go to the map for them on the tax side and because they do rightly so, they're getting an unfair deal right off the bat. Um, yeah, they are. And, you know, you're a practitioner just like I am. And I deal with the IRS all the time. And, you know, it doesn't scare me. It doesn't scare me like it used to uh, because... You, you deal with them so much. A client yeah. gets a letter and they're freaking out. And you're going, that's nothing. Um, yeah. But it's easier for me with 20 years experience to say, okay, this is wrong. This is why it's wrong. And this is what we should pursue. The problem is, is that with COVID and even prior to COVID, things with the state and the government, uh, federal and uh, other local governments is they're slow. They're slow. And so with the potential for audits in this industry, uh, I'm expecting to see the action to, to get a lot faster and quicker. Well, and so, coupled uh, with that question, then what, what do you think are some of the reasons, and particularly this is a great question for you because you are in Alabama where probably there may be a stigma still. What do you, why do you think people in Alabama and elsewhere might not want to serve cannabis clients or- yeah. uh, keeping this yeah. as an underserved industry. Right. And this is just from my opinion, okay? My feeling with, with dealing with my peers and, and other, other individuals is, it's almost like the path of least resistance. It's, it's, you get set in the way you're doing things, you get comfortable. And it's easy to not go outside of your area of expertise, yeah. uh, especially in bigger firms where not only is it going to cost you money to service a new niche, but it's going to cost you man hours. Do I have to add more people on? Well, then I have to increase the uh, workspace and, and yeah. on down the line. And, I, and there's this stigmatism about um, uh, marijuana still not being legal federally. Uh, so I think 
even though the shareholders and the firm owners may be liberal in thought that, hey, you know, it should be legal. I think the firms themselves as, a, as an organism are very conservative in that it takes um, a lot for it to move into a new direction. It's like, I, I kind of explain it like e-filing, you know, there are still, you know, the IRS had to force everybody to e-file if you did more than 10 returns, you know, and at that time, um, I was hearing from my peers are complaining because they didn't want it, they didn't want to e-file. Yeah. You know, it's something new that they're going to have to deal with. And so I think, I think that more than anything else is the driving factor of why the, this industry is underserved in where it is served and in areas like Alabama, such where it's not being served, I don't even hardly think it's being thought about, honestly. Do you because it, it, related, nothing's on the rules, nothing's on the books. And related to that, what do you see are the next steps in Alabama to moving this? And are you and in, are you getting involved kind of at the grassroots level with the people there that are trying to get move this forward? Yeah. Yeah, um, it's going to happen. I think it'll happen. It may happen before gambling, honestly, to tell you the truth. You know, Carly's Law back then set the pace for the inevitability of this happening. Okay, so once once the, uh, the camel's nose got under the tent, it opened up uh, uh, the possibility. I think what's driving this also is that we're having... I hate to say this, but we're having the older generations die out and come out of the uh, political arena. And we're, we're seeing a lot younger, a lot more open-minded individuals get into politics. And not only that, but their views are different. And so where you, if you know anything about Georgia, Atlanta uh, really is, is not really people that were actually born in Atlanta. It's a lot of influx of uh, people from all over the United States coming to work into Atlanta. Same thing with Alabama. We have Huntsville with the space program. We have Mobile with all our ports and the Boeing plant. And so they're bringing their ideas with them. And we're seeing that it's not the big boogie monster that has always been played to us, that, that it's a gateway drug to, to other things. And so uh, the attitudes are changing. Um, those people that are my age with our aches and pains are looking for alternatives to medications. Uh, and and it's uh, not that we feel like it's our God-given right to have it, but we should have access to uh, what we believe, even though it's psychological, even if it's just like what we believe will help us not only mentally, but physically. Yes. And uh, so, so those were, it's changing in that respect. Gambling, I don't, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a whole different, different story. Um, it, that may come about, but, but I think medical marijuana, definitely, uh, if not this next session, we meet every year, if not this next session, uh, the next, the next session after that, uh, and maybe for midterms in uh, well, that's 2023. That's great. And I, and I think it's moving that way. And you hit it on the head. This is actually good for the, the population is aging. There was just a story we 
we referred to in our live last week about a whole lot of seniors are, are accessing now marijuana for pain, inflammation, anxiety, sleep, depression, and they're using it purely for medicine. They're using it more than once a week. And many of these people had never touched marijuana before age 60. And so they're, they're getting it that, you know, the days of pain pills and going to the doctor for another set of pills, we're all tired of that yeah. game. Um, it doesn't work. Yeah. And the, um, I think the opioid crisis has a lot to do with it as well, because yeah. I don't know about where you are, but in Alabama, I, I have several pharmacies that we deal with and uh, they're regulated as to how much they can dispense on a daily basis. And so uh, I, I've noticed uh, uh, the revenue in my uh, pharmacies has really decreased because of that. And that just tells me that that's one healthcare option that's going to be off the plate for a lot of, a lot of people. Finally, which will be great. So let me um, get down towards our end here. How, let's ask real quick about Dope CFO. How did we help you take your practice in a new direction to help these cannabis yeah. clients? Well, I'm the type of person that um, I don't like to reinvent the wheel. And so before I start anything, I do a lot of research and um, research. There's not a lot of um, organizations out there that provide this type of um, structure into getting into the cannabis industry because you know I'm in Alabama I'm doing it basically whole cloth because there's not a lot of people out there that in my area that I'm aware of uh, that I'm in contact with and so by just the virtue of having uh, uh, the templates the program the samples the drafts the the peer group with everyone else uh, able to bounce ideas off of is very conducive to how I operate. And so it, it, to me, it was a no-brainer uh, that um, the initial investment is going to be um, earned, uh, return on investment is going to be a lot greater than, than the investment I put in on the front end. Uh, but it's still a lot of hard work, but y'all have done most of it. <laughs> so you know, that, that, that appeases my uh, laziness uh, when it comes well, to uh, uh, this thing. We really are similar because I was, I don't like to reinvent the wheel either. And so I, I actually wasted probably two or three months looking for a program like ours that didn't exist mm -hmm. when I got yeah. into this because yeah. I was like, oh, I need these work papers, but they don't exist. And so. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Cool. And, you know, and, and it really, it was the accounting today, I think is where I saw the ad for, for y'all. I think either y'all were interviewed or there was an advertisement in there that, that struck my interest up. And so at that point, uh, I, I did a lot of research. Um, you know, there's not a lot out there from the AICPA. Yeah. So I think this is the first year they're actually going to have a conference. Conference on it. <laughs> yeah. They got one book, you know, uh, and, and it just uh, amazed me how, okay, if you follow the plan, 90 days, then you sure you want to succeed at, at some point. You're driving forward, and it, it, you get out of it as much as you put into it. Yes, you know it, it's not an overnight. Hey, I'm making tens of thousands of dollars a month. It, it, it's never that way, especially located where I am um, and having to uh, market outside of my region. So, uh, well, thank you. That's great. And that's the way it is. And I tell people on the call, you know, this isn't a get rich quick scenario mm -hmm. scheme or whatever. This is building a firm, a six or seven figure firm over right. several years that we want to yep. this is the space Absolutely. space to be in. So it's, it's super exciting. Absolutely. I'm, I'm Absolutely. Super, 
um, passionate about it. Let's end the call with this final question. What is what is it that most excites you about about cannabis and or your practice in the upcoming year and years ahead? Actually, uh, I think what excites me the most is um, the potential for being a leader in, in, in my region and in my area is that, uh, you know, people know now to come to me because I know tags. Okay, well, I want people to come to me uh, because I know the industry. That's, I know um, the people. I know the industry. I know the ins and outs. And I want to sound like I know what I'm doing. Well, that's, that's a great answer. And that's what we're trying to teach as well is becoming that VIP. You're an expert, you're an instructor, you participate right. in the niche and you know all things accounting, tax, operations, politics, et cetera. And, um, and that gets around and, and it's a great to be, I pr I'm on the West Coast where it's just been entrenched for decades out here. And so I think it's, if I was starting out, I would love to be in a state that's brand new like Texas or Alabama. Mm -hmm or um, Kentucky or wherever, that's where there's going to be massive growth. But anyway, I wanted to say thank you so much for being on the show. It was um, awesome. Um, and we will, we're going to put all your details. Do you want to real quickly just mention where your website is or? Sure. Sure. It's um, real easy. Uh, www.sessionscpa.net. Okay. And Sessions is S-E-S-S. S-I-O-N-S. -S. Yes. And uh, just to let uh, uh, the people out there listening, Jeff Sessions is a relative, but it's it's so far back in the distant that uh, <laughs> we don't know. We wouldn't know one side of the family from the from other. From the other. Okay. So I, and I've been asked that several times from uh, at cannabis conferences. I'm sure. Yeah. Because he, he was not in the cannabis camp. But <laughs> um, well, that is awesome. Um so thank you so much for being on the show. If other people want to find us at dopecfo.com, you can also email us at bbe at dopecfo.com and we'll get right back to you about the program. Thanks for listening. For more information on our program, what we're all about, make sure you go over and visit us at dopecfo.com. For more tips, industry news, um, updates, you can also follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. We have a Dope CFO Facebook group where I also host Facebook Lives every single Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific. Um, we bring a wealth of knowledge about the cannabis and hemp CBD industry industries to these lives uh, make sure you come with questions as well because every live ends with a Q&A and usually we have a giveaway as well um, this Facebook group is also full of marketers, attorneys, other accountants, bookkeepers who can support you and answer your questions um, and also you may want to subscribe to our podcast um, and finally don't forget to be dope